Welcome to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. In every episode, we bring you insights into the teams behind the teams in professional football. Coming up on today's episode. If you look to the past of football, what I can judge, the Asaki changed the way of thinking and training and playing in Milan, no? I think Van Gaal did the same with Ajax. I think Cruyff did the same for Barca. He had the, the ability to change a whole club, a way to look at the football game and to think, to have the ball. And uh, I think Jürgen did the same for Liverpool. I'm Simon Austin from Training Ground Guru, and this is the second part of our exclusive interview with Pepin Linders. In this section, the Liverpool assistant tells us about his career in coaching, his special relationship with manager Jurgen Klopp, and his ambitions for the future. We hope you enjoy it, and if you do, please give us a follow via your preferred podcast provider. I was going to spin right back to the start of your life and the start okay. of your career. Cool. How did you get involved in football and in coaching? I was lucky that uh, if you're Dutch, you grew up with Cruyff, no? and Michels and Van Gaal. And you, I was really, I was too young for Michels, but I read the, I read the books and I, of course, saw the games and all these things. But but then you grew up with Cruyff and like with the Dream Team, and I still watch back games so with Kuman. <laughs> So you grow up with a way how you see the game, and that's how football should be, no? An idea, what's in your mind, that idea. So my love for the game, my love for the ball was from, uh, yeah, I grew up with it, no? In Holland, everybody has this, I think, maybe not as much, but like this feeling. And um, I was a reasonable f- football player, not top, not a talent like how the boys, uh, nothing like that. I had a lot of passion. <laughs> I, I think I was a leader. I was always captain of my groups. But then I had a really ugly, cruciate uh, injury knee. And I was already studying for uh, sports in uh, in Sittard with uh, going to the football direction, basically. And uh, so I do my knee and uh, the president of our club, uh, television, uh, was my uncle. And he says, uh, they are the class, and he says, uh, Pep, why you don't become a second team coach? <coughs> I was 19. No, I was 18, 18. Why you don't become second team coach? And you become the, uh, the head of the academy, head of the youth, head youth. Because what you're studying, all the football and all the plans, you have to you have to, you make plans and you can use our club to do it. You get paid a little bit and during the time that you cannot play, you can, uh, so <laughs> I became, I was 18 and the first thing I did, I called all the coaches together and I, because I was crazy about curve and not curve, curve is not the right, in Holland we see curve in a different way how the world sees curve. Curve is a playing style, is an idea, attacking style. Only if you want, like based on, uh, uh, on the old, old Dutch players, the ones who could outplay, the ones who glide past, the ones... Anyway, so it's a playing style and then you work your way that you... The curve only felt that you can play on the opposition half and attack constantly when you have all players with a certain level of technique and who can outplay 
uh, is di direct opposi opposition and who can keep the ball in like real tight situation, create a better pass forward, basically. So I combined Curver with the ideas of Kruijf. So I put 10 offensive principles on a big flip over and 10 defensive principles on a big flip over. And I called all the coaches in. <coughs> and uh, I was 18 and I say yeah. to them, guys, I make this flip over, I put it in plastic, I make a few, and every coach can take them to the game. On the nine coach will take them, on the 14 coach will, and we're going just to focus on these principles. Because I was stunned that an under 19 team, the one I played before, I was already going up to seniors, but that just opening the pitch and closing the pitch, or just moving together, or just um, pressing together, or how you, so I put these principles and then, Every week we had a meeting, and uh, so that's how I roll in. And then the where I studied, you get each year internship on all the clubs, and the big one was PSV Eindhoven, and they had Fortuna Seta, Willem II, blah, blah. And always only one could go to PSV, and I was just, my mind was only focused on, I need to go to PSV Eindhoven. So, um, Luckily, I got the internship to PSV, and from that moment on, it starts rolling. I uh, PSV, yeah, I I met a lot of good people. So a lot of people took me by the hand, and uh, uh, I opened the gate in the morning. I closed the gate at the night. <laughs> like I did the morning sessions on the schools, and I was the one who did all and got a small part-time contract, and then I got like a full-time contract, and then I coached a lot of teams at the same time, and then I got. Uh, I always had my own team as well. Like, so I got more and more, I was responsible for the youth plan. So that was when I was 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and then five years PSV Eindhoven. And when I was 24, uh, Porto approached me and um, uh, of course a completely different language. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, they called Franz Hoek, goalkeeper coach, Will Court, called him and he asked, I need a co young coach we had co-adrians, we had a lot of technical work as well. I need a coach who can do both, like for our academy. And so Franz Hoek, I worked with him in the United States in that time of PSV Eindhoven. In the winter, I would mm -hmm. go to the States. In the summer, I would go to the States and doing camps, clinics, presentations, demonstrations, this kind of things. And he said, ah, you need to take the young one of PSV Eindhoven. I take him now and he's, so I was 20. <laughs> uh, and then he called Edmund Klaus, coach of Ajax at the time, I think. No, no uh, Harlem. And uh, he said, no, you have to take the young coach of PSV. So he then got two references and that's how it all came about to go to Porto. And, um, yeah, I cannot speak with, uh, with more responsibility about Porto because the impact they had on me, <sighs> that the Vito Fraat took me to there and uh, it's, it will stay forever with me. You know? The city, the people, the, the club, the structure of the club, I, I I just, it blew my mind, no? Uh, still, I went there with Kruijf and Curve, like uh, <laughs> the individual work and the Kruijf, the collective idea, the false nine, the three diamond three, uh, this kind of idea. And uh, But yeah, I did three sessions a day there, morning with the on the 18s and the 19s, on the 17s and the 19s, in the afternoon on the 14s and the 15s. Um, um, in the nighttime with the youngest ones. And then on lunchtime, I had three hour Portuguese lessons each day. Uh -huh. So to learn the language. And so it was an adventure, you know. I, I was living my dream. And uh, 
the sessions only at one goal, create to score, outplay to shoot, overlap to cross, heading, volleying, and uh, yeah, uh, it created a new generation. I have to say for them, but, uh, not just me. The project six eleven between two thousand six and two thousand eleven. Yeah, uh, they all all these boys like Dalo, Joao Felix, Ruben Neves, um, Andre Silva, Gonzalo Paciencia, uh, uh, João Mario. Yeah, you can make like two teams. <laughs> they have such a high level of technique. It's and their attacking mentality, their guts, their ambition. They represent Porto in the best way. Where they go all over the world, they represent. Ah, oh, uh, Fabio Vieira from Arsenal. These boys were all there and. Um, yeah, yeah. What I learned there is that the biggest individual development comes from the collective approach. Uh, I think that was the big, big thing. Was Vita Frade actually involved with the club, or was did you have to go to the university? To... No, no. He was head of meta- so uh, Luis Castro. Luis Castro um, head of academy. Then Vita Frade head of uh, methodology. Then Antero Enrique, technical director, sporting director. Then you had Vita Pereira as the under 14 coach. Uh, then you had uh, Jesualdo Ferreira, first place, was the coach. But then came uh, Vilas Boas. Mm-hmm. Then came Vita Pereira, went to Santa Clara and came back. Uh, seven years we were at Porto and five times we were champion. Uh, we won a lot of cups. Uh, it was a really, real, really, really good period for the club, and uh, the academy just took a next level. That was that was my main aim, no? To because Porto, I think Porto. So the scouting department of Porto is one of the best in the world. So, and if you are a manager, you're going to play your best players. <laughs> So, but these players come from South America, from Belgium or from France or from wherever, but they come in with such high level of individual quality that you need to match that with your academy. Otherwise, the academy player goes to the first team. And yeah, but we have this top player from Brazil or whatever. And ah, but the coach will decide, no, I'm going to play him because the coach needs to win. That's in the culture. So we needed to, to increase the individual quality, but never lose like the references, the collective references, the the uh, and uh, yeah, so your the academy normally is a com- competitor for the scouting department, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's example. Like but and the big thing there was when I really start working out was Pejotin. PGE was Potential Sugar Door Elite, so the, uh, I think it speaks for itself, and uh, talent group. And uh, so we brought the best talents together in the older age groups to show them to the first team coach. And uh, because the relationship between the manager and the youth player, that makes a good academy. Because, for example, oof, um, when Jürgen has to decide to buy or when we have to decide to buy, but when Jürgen has to decide to uh, to buy a, a right defender, or he goes with the 17-year-old, 18-year-old Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is he going to choose? When he doesn't know the boy, when he only played in the 18s, he will go for the signing, the scouting will come, I have this good right defender, blah, 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 what I'm trying to say. So, but with the talent group, 
we brought we bring them so example we do the same here we bring the example we train at four o'clock in the afternoon at two o'clock is the talent group and then we can see okay these talents are coming and they are already going with us on pre-season and they stay one time a week when the season starts they train here and um, and with this we create a relationship and with this we create hope for all the others in the academy and uh, that makes um, I really believe this inside pathway of the club uh, ha if that's strong if that uh, yeah you produce your own players and these players I say it one they will never let you down never they will run through walls for you if you tell them to go and leave your man and press on the right on the opposite <laughs> they will go they will go with all the half and um, so I really believe in this process and it comes from Porto because I was the academy will never leave you and uh, it's, it's a, I feel really responsible for that because I always was on the other side. Now I'm in the management, uh, in the manage, uh, assistant manager. Now I can create this hope and I can put young players and that's what we try to do from the start. And I, I love this process. If I now see um, Connor Bradley, Luke Chambers, Callum, uh, James, uh, um, Connor, uh, Ben Doak, uh, Stefan Bayetic last year because these, you need balls, no? You need guts to put these young players, and that's what that's what we want. And we were the first ones. Now Stefan play, Stefan Bayetic. No, come on, play. He's good enough. No, he's eighty. He's good enough. Ben Doak. He's good enough. Play. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, uh, the balance in the squad with uh, I'm talking, but the balance in the squad between talents. And like senior, seniors like Milly, Hendo, Gina Wijnaldum, Sadio Mane, Musala, I'm going back a little, Adam Lalana, blah, blah, blah. If that balance is right, a small squad with load of talent, when that balance is with a core group of between 21 and 25, 26, but seniors and talent. And when these seniors feel they become responsible over the talents and these talents feel Wow, that are my models. These are the guys I have to. I have to look how they go into the gym. I have to look how they uh, tear, uh, put the laces of the shoes. I have to look how they prepare themselves before a game. When that balance is right, only growth is possible. Only growth is possible in your squad, and that's why I always search for talent because you have too much seniors. You have too much of the core. You need this. You need young ones because they have fire in the belly. They train each day. If their life depends on it, if it's the last session, and that's what you need to to put fire, 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 and then they, the older players they feel as well that that as a group they can mentor, they can help. And we always had the luck, a luck not, but maybe we had the luck that our seniors, these boys, what I just mentioned, James Milner, Handel, Lalana, Gini, Mo, Sadio, they always really took care of the young ones and. Uh, that's, that's, I think, one of the reasons why we were successful, this balance in the squad. Yeah. And how did the move to Liverpool then come about in 2014? Yeah, so I, uh, Porto and Portugal, the UEFA courses were closed, the coaching courses. I don't know why, but it was, you could not go on it for a period of time, something. So I was searching to do um, uh, my course and uh, I came up like uh, because Bruno Oliveira, uh, coach I worked with at Porto. So he was in Spanish and did his coach. So he said, ah, oh, you can go to Wales. I, I know Osh well, Osh. Uh, so, and uh, I can text him and then yeah, we can make be set up. I was still at Porto at the time. Ah, cool, yeah, top, with A. So I went to Wales uh, together with Joao Trajao, 
de coach of Benfica at the time, on the 19 coach, <laughs> a Porto coach and a Benfica coach yeah. together. Yeah. Well, I never spoke with anyone in Porto that uh, that I was going with a Benfica guy there. <laughs> But we had so much fun because we would fly to, uh, what would it be? Uh, maybe Stansted, I don't know. But one of the, and we would drive them together for two and a half hours to, uh, to Wales, to Newport. Anyway, I did my UEFA A license there and um, uh, uh, and then Osh started asking if I could do uh, for the national course or for another or with a B license or pro license if I could give demonstration or presentation. So I started doing that and still at Porto flying one time a month on a Sunday, Monday to there. So I was two days then away and then fly back quick for the Tuesday session, etc. And um, that was a good question. And then um, Liverpool was searching with Michael Beale and Alex Ingertop for an a 16 coach. And at Porto at that, at that time, I had my own team, U team. And, it, and I uh, was coaching all teams on the nines, on the 19s, second team, and sometimes first team. So I did so much different teams. And I was like, I was there for seven years. And I was really ready to, like, I just need one team. <laughs> Please give me a breather. breather. Like, Everything what I learned, Curve, Cruyff, tactical periodization, Saki, because I really start studying like these things I want to put in one team and not I coach my team and then uh, one hour later I have to coach the under 16s or the under 17. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so this one team. So and uh, Michael Beale uh, and Alex Ingertop was searching for under 16. I said, ah, guys, I'm I'm available if you want. Ah, you will never leave Porto. I said, yeah, I will leave. So then I, I went to um, uh, to the National Congress of the FAW, the Wales. And I uh, gave a, a presentation, demonstration, and they sent Michael and uh, another Phil Roscoe, they sent them in the audience. And uh, and uh, I was done with my demonstration, <laughs> or presentation on the board like that, and then Michael came and said, I'm taking you back to to Liverpool. I said, no, no, I have to go back to Porto because I have session to You have to call them because let's start negotiating. So he took me in the car and he took me to Liverpool, met Alex, Hope Street, take a coffee, the talks that Riviera. Hope <laughs> 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 Street. <laughs> But the sun was shining, it was beautiful. And I called my wife and said, it's beautiful here. The sun, at the, uh, yeah, the club, I was, of course, in Liverpool. What are we talking about? And uh, yeah, we made a deal at the time. I was sitting with my espresso outside uh, in the quarter, that restaurant there. And uh, yeah, for me, it was then decided. Our podcast sponsor, Huddle, can help change the way you see the game. More than 35,000 football teams across the world use their pro suite tools to combine video and data into powerful insights and winning strategies via one connected platform. Huddle also offers consultancy services for high-performance sport with world-class experience and expertise in data management, player recruitment, and head coach search. For more information, go to huddle.com forward slash TGG podcast. I would go to Ajax at the time. That was the, the idea. 
back to Holland. Talking about that there, you've had not only progression of players at Liverpool from academy to first yeah, team, but it's yeah. also been the coaches, yeah. isn't it? Thinking Michael Beale, yeah. Steven Gerrard, yeah. Yeah. Neil Critchley, um, yourself, you know. Not many clubs have yeah. that either. No, you need to believe, no. You need, to, I really, yeah, that's the good thing of Liverpool, no. They really, it's a club with a lot of things happen, no. So this club is pure humble. This club, this club has high, high values and we really try to treat people differently inside. And uh, if you can produce your own players, you can produce your own coaches. And mm-hmm. now we have Barry Luther's example for the under 23s. He's a, he's a top one. He will be with a lot of recognition for sure. He does an unbelievable job. And that's good if I see Critch and I see Stevie, of course, and I see um, how you say, and a lot of people where the names are not coming to me, but Scott Mason who went with Steve. So all these boys come, uh, or now Tim Jenkins who went with... Um, uh, yeah. And, then, and then we have, in our first team setup, we have so many people. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it is... Uh, Dan Spiro is one of our analysts. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a top one, a top, top one. And uh, yeah, that's you need good analysts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they make the coaching job a lot, a lot uh, easier. Yeah. Could you talk about Mark Leyland yeah. in your book Talking again? Out. Who's gone to Newcastle and now to City? Group, so, yeah. yeah, he has a he has a career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope uh, I hope he stays now in one place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you started off with the academy then, and then you quickly progressed yeah. to the first team with so, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I was insane. So my, if I look back now, so I came in from Porto. Under 16, that one team, it was under 16 and under 15, two teams, but one moment of... Uh, and uh, that's the moment you can give uh, scholarships and you can let pe- players go. So I had a big, big group and I said already quick to Alex, Alex, I want to reduce, let the players already search for different clubs. They can go now, blah, blah, and I want to create. So there was the first time where we bring the best five on the 15s together with the best five on the 16. That was my idea because Curva. You need a high level of technique. So the best players with the best. So I had a player who was small, a player who was big, but I had Trent Alexander on six. I had Ben Woodburn on 10. I had Herbie Kane as the right midfielder, Jan Dande as the left winger. I had George Johnson, Conor Masterson, and Coily as a back three. Three players were not really quick, but always pressing really high and staying on the opposition half. And then um, Harvey and Chris, and then Adam Lewis came. Curtis later, Nico Williams, Quif Keller had we signed in the half halfway through. So it was a team with so much individual. And I loved it because at Porto, the culture of winning is so big. So, uh, but then you went to Liverpool and I was playing on pitch five or pitch six. <laughs> I was not even playing on the first pitch. I went with my sixth team. I had to walk for 10 minutes to find the pitch where we would play. How many people came and watch? 50 maybe, I don't know even. So I could, there was no competition. So I was like, okay, three diamond three. We go all in. I just go uh, like this with a proper nine, uh, uh, a 10 and a six. And uh, I'm Trent captain. Um, I feel that the six and the 10 position, these are the two positions who get stressed the most in the football. So if you want to, I always tried when I was in the academies to put my best players in these two positions because the um, the player in front of the back three the, he has a huge responsibility to end to clear counter attacks and to 
each attack goes through him, no, because he's the six who has so you increase the level of uh, responsibility for him and for the ten in a similar way for pressing and for playing, of course. So try to do it like that. And Trent was, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was really nice to work with and um, high, high level and uh, yeah, big, big character. And uh, you, um, you, you could never think how players. Can develop, but I'm mm-hmm. evenly proud of a lot of the others. But Trent, uh, it's cool now that we are still together in this club, and that uh, he he's doing all the things he did. He he gave a new dimension on the right fullback, a new dimension. He the amount of assist he already has, the amount of goals, and the amount of now the way he inter- interprets interprets <laughs> the position. And uh, but that year was was from huge value until Brandon calls like halfway through the year and he says like Pep I need to speak I'm thinking about changing the system to 3 for 3 and Alex is saying you're playing this for a while and your pressing is insane the intensity the so I was pressing counter pressing still the flip overs of my first club but completely I had five now big ones in the coaching office like how I want to how I saw the game the ideas and uh, pop, pop, pop. and then um I went to Brandon and we coffee, discuss, how do you do this, how do you do that? And in the end, in the end of the season, I was back in Holland already after a tournament and Alex called Pep, you have to come back. Uh, the son of the owner wants a little session and the owner comes over, so I want you to get you train him, blah blah. And but Alex, finally holiday and like, no, no, you have to come. And I was with my grandfather when I take a call from grandfather was really sick at the time and uh, he says, are you crazy? You're telling Liverpool uh, uh, that you don't want to go fly now when the owner is asking you on that plane and you yeah. go there now. So I went immediately. And anyway, and uh, yeah, thank, uh, and uh, in the end, it was not to train the son, of course. It was to train, to speak about my new job. Oh, okay. So about going to the first team. Was that with John W. Henry then? No, it was with Mike Gordon. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, right, uh, yeah. I have him... Uh, I have to say, and uh, he did things. Uh, our relationship is really strong, and uh, because you, when you go to tro- tough moments, difficult moments, then you find out who the real people are in your life. You no, know? and uh, my dad was really sick in the, in the first year when Jurgen came. Yeah, first year. So that's that year, yeah. And uh, he offered to get my dad treated in America. Mm-hmm. To, we never accepted it. We never had to had to do it. Maybe we would go to another stage. My dad is clean now for five uh, for five years clean, so completely clean. And but in these moments, what you know what I mean? That yeah, makes. Uh, yeah, anyway. Can you remember the first time that you met Jürgen? Yeah, it was when he signed his deal. So he was really happy, <laughs> 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 and I was like, "Wow, what's going to happen now?" Because. It was a really tough time, you know, because Brandon left. All of a sudden, he, I read it on the on the news, and he calls me, uh, and he said, "Yeah, Pep, probably, yeah." I said, "I know." I called him and he said, "Yeah, it's, it's it's how it has to be." And I was like, "Ah, but that if you go, then I should not be here." Blah blah. And five minutes later, he called Mike Gordon for sure because Mike Gordon called me and he said, "You are going nowhere. You stay and you come to work with the new manager. Make sure that this week." That this week goes well because I need time to uh, make sure that Malwood runs and all these things. And so I tried to do my best. And then on, I think they announced Jurgen 
four days later probably yeah mm -hmm. and uh, then we meet in Hope Street Hotel in a small room where we had a dinner me John Achterberg Alex Ingletorp and Jürgen and Peter the agent Mark of course yeah and it was like a meeting of minds straight away. You had similar yeah. football philosophies. No, you don't know. No. I Listen, what we can say is that there are a lot of good people in football, but there are a lot of bandits as well. A lot of bad people. We can, I can <laughs> trust you because I worked with uh, in, in uh, four different clubs, not four different, five, with, if you call my boyhood club. But And I worked always with all teams, so with all coaches of all teams in each club. No? So... Uh, but uh, you need to learn someone if he's real, if he's, uh, if he, uh, if what he says makes sense, all these things. If he's not, uh, so with Jurgen, the first months was like, uh, was just really because you, I have to think like this. So I went from Porto to Liverpool. I had my own way with the big flip overs in the coach. <laughs> like this, how I'm going to play that? That and the coach on the uh, on the pitch, the coach. And then he comes and you don't know how it's going to be. So I thought, okay, I need to uh, really try to learn. And of course, I knew the Dortmund team, how we play. And I want to see how he puts that into play. And then I saw training. And then I saw the meeting. And then I saw the way he spoke. And then I thought, ah, this is really, really, really good. And the uh, how he explains this, that's better than how I do it. How we this is like so I was like top really let me and I wrote each day like this a paper like each day a complete A4 full with um, um, with words like what he said how, what he did training I still have these books all at home and I was a, it was a nice period but also unstable period no because you don't know Whereas my role, what, because on the brand, then I would be the coach. I would deliver all the sessions. I would. Uh, so I'm, I'm when I when Brandon asked me to come to the first team, I said, yeah, but I'm not going to put the cones. I'm not going to put like if you if you get me, I'm coming. Otherwise, I stay at the academy. I'm not going to the first team for more money. Or I did all of this. I want just to work with one team. And if you tell me that your team is also my team and I'm my influence is there, then I come and I promised and he wanted to manage and to that cool so then with Jürgen was like uh, yeah with time more time uh, he asked more and more Pep can you explain the team because uh, Schalke at that time Schalke uh, Buvac and Jürgen and so he so with time I gave again more sessions but I was not planning the training I was not I was not um, not what not me I was just delivering their ideas or their sessions or their I could live it, and I, because I, if I, the moment the floodlights are on or the grass is a little bit wet and the balls and the, I, I'm a different person. <laughs> I just love that moment of training, and um, but I needed, yeah, more. No, so mm. that's why in the end I left, uh, and uh, but three months later I was at NEC Nijmegen, and three months later it was I was just there probably. Three months, yeah. I went there January, February, March. The end of no April, probably beginning of April. He called like Pep. Uh, uh, I will be searching for number, probably searching for number two. Um, 
uh, I feel that we can conquer the world together. What do you think? And my wife was having the best time. She lived in Porto by herself. We have now two kids, Romain and Benji, and the moms, uh, the grandmothers were always around now. We lived in our house where everybody was close. She had finally a lot of contact. And, and I dropped the phone and she looks at me, Jürgen called, no? Yeah. So we're going back to Liverpool. So, mm -hmm. But then that moment was cool, like, because I knew I go back to Liverpool. Whatever happens here, I go back there. That's a real, that was a really nice thought. So, um, uh, and I go back in something what I love because I'm responsible for the training process, the planning, the preparing, the delivering, the execution, you know, proper trainer, coach. Yeah, and that's what I... Yeah. I know, because in the book, again, you say counter-pressing is fundamental to everything we do. And it seems with Jürgen as well, that's throughout his career been yeah. a big thing. So was that just like a happy coincidence? Yeah, it was a coincidence. Yeah. Because, example, the... Yeah, that, 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 because also the training methodology and the, the way you plan the week. So what do you do four days for the game, three days, two days? So similar to tactical position, to Porto, the way I work. So if that would not be the case, I could not already, I could not have worked it because I, you have to believe in something. How you, and then the style, if you would be a counter-attack, like deep, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, that these things came. Because example, I had these big flip-overs in our coaching office and Jürgen came second day after they came in and started reading and like, okay, who are these? And I say, yeah, it's mine. And, that's cool. I said, do you want me to take them off? Nah, leave them. I like it. And that shows a lot of character, no? because that was not his philosophy. That was not his. So, but it was nice. Uh, these things are, I love it. So, but why do you think the two of you do work so well together? Is it our personalities that complement? It's not easy to answer. I think the love for the purely the game, for the way we see the game, I think... Um, uh, it's, German, it's a German and a Dutch guy working together. That's already a very, uh, that's already, that's already, uh, how do you say it? Unusual. Yeah, unusual, yeah, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> uh, probably because I'm not maybe that Dutch and he's probably not that German. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. anyway, uh, it works really well, yeah. And how to, some, some things you can really, I think with time as well, um, how I said, you really, find out people know if they are good or bad or if they energy trainers or the energy givers if they if they encourage you if they are egoistic yes or no if they want to give you responsibility or if they so I'm, uh, he has a really big heart and um, yeah and um, yeah he wants yeah I, I, I said before no, I, I only want to uh, I only want to assist Jürgen and after that or then I go for myself again. Just a final one, is there kind of one moment or one match that stands out for you from your nine years here? Oh, so many. Um, Chelsea League Cup final, penalty shootout, till 11, that, that moment that we wanted because I have more responsibility for the League Cup. Um, the Barca game, the Barca game, oh, madness, madness. So cool that, that we achieved that. And that was Trent to the fore again in, in that game? Yeah, Trent, I'm so proud of him. It's, uh, yeah, 
is attitude, is passion, is unpredictability, is development as a leader. Um, there, are, there are more players like him in the academy, but not many have the same determination as him. And that makes him the best, in my opinion. The passion, the love for the club, for the game, for winning. He's just a superb guy, I think. And uh, lovely family as well. And, through the 16s, because that's the moment I started knowing, he just grew step by step by step and been a wonderful guy and, a, and an incredible player. Yeah. Oh, and just a very final one, actually. What makes Jurgen so special, do you think, and sets him apart? Jurgen, I think, uh, I think that. So, if you look to the past of football, what I can judge, the Saki changed the way of thinking and training and playing in Milan, no? I think Van Gaal did the same with Ajax. I think Cruyff did the same for Barca. He had the, the ability to change a whole club, a way to look at the football game and to think, to have the ball. And uh, I think Jürgen did the same for Liverpool. And there are not many who can say that. And uh, I really hope that this club continues in a way that seeing the game in, a, in this way and uh, leading in this way, uh, developing the academy in this way. Yeah, that, that continues because, and it's a big task, of course, for the club. And, uh, but yeah, you had a big ones now with Shankly and Paisley. And, and, but this club, uh, I hope really that, uh, that they keep this way of a leader for a long time. This, this idea and, uh, with the playing style and uh, yeah, I love it, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. We'll be back next month with another episode. In the meantime, you can follow our latest updates on the website and on Twitter at ground underscore guru.